what, what applies to a pastor, really, in regard to your personal walk with the Lord, can surely be applicable to any of us who are in the ministry. For that matter, we have, uh, we have the Dormany family here, and we have the Williams family here, and some others here. And if this is all just applicable to missionaries, well, they may be missionaries one day. So this is all good that we're discussing, and it's all going to be a help because it's all according to biblical principles. Uh, Numbers 33, verse 52. Do I have? Yes. Look at verse 51. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When ye are passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan, then ye shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy, destroy all their pictures and destroy all their molten images and quite pluck down all their high places. And ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein, for I have given you the land to possess it. All right. Then I want you to, uh, to go over to Jeremiah chapter 1 with me. Jeremiah chapter 1. Verse 8 tells us, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to, destri- to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. And then go over with me to verse number 15. For lo, I will call all the families of the kingdoms of the north, saith the Lord, and they shall come, and they shall set every one his throne at the entering of the gates of Jerusalem, and against all the walls thereof, round about, and against all the cities of Judah. Now, was, uh, Jeremiah was a prophet. I want you to take special note of all the words that are against here. The word against in the book of Jeremiah alone is used 170 times. In one book, against. And so lest any of you or myself would be so, uh, how should we put, pressured by the devil to think that we in our encouragements for his Baptist churches or in your setting up of your church. Now you don't have to you don't have to put them down on paper. You don't have to put these things down on paper. It may be detrimental for you to put some of these things down on paper of your standards. Do you do that in your church or not? Do you, you, do you write anything down about uh, standards in your church or is it all by word of mouth? Like, like, for instance, if the women are to dress a certain way and, and you, you put that all down on paper and you give it to your new members? And you teach what? You teach on that as well. But you do put it on paper. When do you give it to the people? 
when they first join the church? As soon as they get saved. Okay, so you do it right away. And uh, hard-headed and hard-hearted. So you give it to them right away. As soon as they get saved, uh, dis training, discipling them. And do you give them everything you have, or, or, or are you, uh, what I'm saying, if you have very, very high and holy standards and they're not used to them, you don't care, you just give it all to them? Okay. You do, oh, some, oh, they won't stay if they're not right with God and they don't want to be taught. If they leave? Okay, did you catch that? It's interesting. Ah, did you catch that? Very good. Very good. And so, because I know, I know one time that we gave them, they asked for the church constitution and bylaws, and we gave it to them, and that's the last we saw of them, but maybe that's good because they don't want to follow. Ah, see? In other words, if they're really right with God, they will, even if they don't understand all those things, they will, they will submit to wanting to learn. It's a good point, okay? All right, but you see all these against. That's kind of like we are with His Baptist churches, the way we've been thinking about that. And our mission. If you get people, we don't want to just get more and more and more in our mission, and they don't agree with us, and then they can cause us problems and, and not be the right example. So that's a good point. Thank you, Brother DeMonte. Appreciate that so much. And so, uh, by the way, a lot left the Lord Jesus. Will ye also go away? What did they say? Lord, to whom shall we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. So some will not stay. But do you notice 170, I think it's 177 times in the book of Jeremiah, the word against is used. So we ought to be against some things. And some of these are that these people are against the Lord as well. In Ezekiel, the word against is 132 times. In Daniel, another prophet, 32 times. In Isaiah, the word against is 73 times. And in the minor prophets, over 100 times the word against is used. So we need to be against some things. Don't be fearful. If, if you're against enough, you'll have some people against you. You'll have some other ministers against you because you have a high and holy standard. And uh, the word not, you know, the... The Bible says, uh, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not uh, steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Don't be so concerned about the fact that we as believers are against so much because the prophets were against a lot of things. Can you imagine all that we're going to read here be against some things? I think we need to be careful about that. 
that we, we just realize that if we're against these things, automatically it shows what you're for. And if we're trying to be a holy people, we need to be, realize that just like John, uh, John Wesley and just like uh, William Booth of the Salvation Army, there's going to be people against us. They're going to want to stone us. They're going to want to uh, lock us in jail like John Bunyan, we mentioned earlier. Let's go on about these verses. And I will utter my, it says here, uh, let's see, verse 15, His throne at the entering of the gates of Jerusalem and against all the walls thereof, round about, and against all the cities of Judah. And I will utter my judgments against them, touching all their wickedness. who have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods and worship the works of their own hands, thou therefore gird up thy loins and arise and speak unto them all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces. He said that in verse 8 as well. Lest I confound thee before them. For behold, I have made thee this day a defense city and an iron pillar and brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. And they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee, saith the Lord to deliver thee. Then look at verse 13 of chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 13. Oh, no, we need to go verse 8. Verse 8 first. Chapter 2, verse 8. The priests said not, Where is the Lord? And they that handled the law knew me not. This is the reason we're going to have so much problem. These, religi these religious people and these pastors, by the way, you need to keep in your mind we don't know that all these independent Baptist pastors are saved. You don't know that. We had one missionary brother, uh, Heffington. Anybody know Brother Heffington? And, and he, uh, he came here, and by the way, we didn't support him immediately. But we liked him. We didn't have the money. You're going to get in some churches, they won't have the money to take another missionary on. And he kept sending his prayer letter to us, and about three years later, we took him on for support, and we're still supporting him. But his wife, uh, she was over in the field, I think, in Australia already. And uh, his wife got saved. Uh, I mean, there's, there's pastors, independent Baptist pastors. I heard of one who started two churches, two or three churches, and then he got saved. This is a personal thing with God. And uh, I've heard of other pastors' wives and evangelist wives and one of John Winstead's wife. And she said, what's wrong with me, John? And John said, you need to get saved. She'd dress right. She'd work down at the altar, lead people to Christ and everything. And Lucille had come to John and say, well, what's wrong with me? You need to get saved. She said, you know I'm saved, John. He said, no, you're not. And finally, after 17 years, she got saved, and everybody couldn't believe it. He didn't go telling everybody else about that. Another pastor, Boone, I think it was, over in the... Uh, Virginia area, and his wife got saved. 
And uh, I, I heard that he knew that she wasn't even saved. But God had called him to preach. Just preach on, brother. Preach on. You say, well, I don't know if he ought to do that. Well, I don't know. She got saved. It's all a personal thing. I married my wife. I was saved. And she thought she was saved for two years. And then my wife got saved. And that happened to you all too, didn't it? Right? And then you were you already called to preach and everything? And on deputation already too? No? Okay. So, I mean, we, listen, this is a personal thing. And so, uh, you know, just, just be wise and realize that, that you know you're saved. Amen? No, be thankful you know you're, you're in Christ. And this is the problem. That was the problem with Eli's two sons. They knew not the Lord. They were sons of Belial. And what about Ahophni and Phinehas? They were the ones. Then what about Samuel's two sons? Probably they never got saved. They took bribes. And Samuel said, I never took a thing from any of you. I never misused you. Samuel, what a great man of God he was. And his two sons, probably unconverted, never been saved. Priests, Hophni and Phinehas, priests. And they weren't saved. And here he says what? Against the priests. Here it says, they that that handle the law knew me not. The pastors also transgressed against me, and the prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not profit. Verse 11. Hath a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, saith the Lord. Now, here's the two things. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. the priests, the prophets. In another part of Jeremiah, it says they were all given over to covetousness. One thing you fellows have to really be careful about, whether you get your support up in 10 months or get it up and it takes you years, you need to be careful you don't covet. That's mentioned over and over again in our His Baptist churches, and that's from the Bible. Do not be greedy of filthy lucre. By the way, you need to keep this in mind. Every missionary, uh, Dr., uh, what's his name over there at the, uh, over at Maranatha years ago, he's, he has Alzheimer's disease now, Brother Crumpton. He said every missionary needs a, a different level of support. Some can live off nothing, and others, they just, they can't do it. They're just, they're not used to that. That's not their lifestyle. But make sure you don't covet. Don't make sure you don't covet. My wife told me this morning of a missionary, and uh, she kind of thought that maybe it was not pornography necessarily that took this man, but he had a missionary girl in there. Listen, you don't need to have some young girl in your uh, taking care and helping with your kids on a general basis. Amen. You don't need temptation right in there, in your house. Hello. 
and your wife's getting older, you know, has everything to do, and some young girl, I stay away from the, the girls. Stay away from other women. Spend all your time with your wife and your daughters. Amen? And you be, you be very careful with your own daughters, too. You hear what I said? Don't get too friendly with your own daughters. You know what I'm talking about? I almost get embarrassed when my big daughter comes up and hugs me. Amen? She's a big girl now. Just use wisdom. Use wisdom. Amen? You stay, you stay covered in your bedroom. You stay clothed in your bedroom. You keep your bedroom lock on there so your teenage daughter doesn't come in there and you don't have half of your clothes on. Hello? You use wisdom. You knock on that door before you go in there when your teenage daughter is there. You be careful. Amen? You be very careful and make sure that you're, you use discretion and wisdom about everything. Amen? Because it's, it's important to God. Her purity and your purity. And, uh, I told our people earlier, I'll tell them again. I have an office upstairs here. But we have a Christian school here. And I, you do as you want to do. By the way, you don't have to do things just like every other pastor and evangelist and missionary does. Because you are not them. You are you. You need to know, you know, we don't even know our own limitations, but we need to use caution. I, do, I purposely have my office at my house, and I don't like to come out here because all the girls are all out here in the, in the Christian day school. I want to be around my girls, my wife and my daughter only. Don't spend much time with, on the field, mission field, with other women. You need to spend your time with your wife. Be careful and prayerful about everything. Spurgeon said, spend very little time with the women. Spend all your time with your men. And he's, he was wise in that. If no, even if there's nothing that happens, you've got to be careful because someone will start something up on you with nothing there. Use wisdom. Use wisdom. I sometimes almost wish that our churches were the women over this side, the men over this side. That's not like that in the Philippines, is it? But I almost wish that it was, like down in Mexico. I don't want to be around a bunch of women anyhow. Did you know I went and sat back there last night, and Brother McVaney's kids were all there. There was no seat for me. And I had to be careful in fact, I really don't need to do that again. I sat near little Mary McVaney, and I've got to be careful because I'll get all wrapped up in the message if I'm not careful, and I'll be putting my arm around her thinking it's my wife or something stupid. I'm telling you, you stay away from all the girls completely. They're little boys. It's, it's a little bit almost sensible. So sit next to the boys. Hello? Amen? You've got to be careful. You can't be too careful. Pastor, Pastor Eborn in his church in North Carolina, he says, I don't even wave at the women in my own church when I go by them in the car. <laughs> you, say, you say, that's a little overboard. It is a little overboard, but he's still with his wife. 
and he's got a great ministry. <laughs> oh, got to be careful. And just use wisdom about it. All right. So all these, they've forgotten the Lord. Now, here's what I wanted to get to, though. The terrible situation about being, we have to be against a lot of things. And here's something that we need to, getting back to the 33rd chapter. In verse 52, it says, and destroy all their pictures and destroy all their molten images and quite pluck down all their high places. I have come up with this opinion lately. We are a picture-crazy people. See, I, I've been around a little longer than most of you, all of you, but Pastor Hammonds is probably the closest. I was here when there was no TV. That sure, surely dates me, does it not? I remember when... As a young boy and a preteen, when nobody had TV. And then my buddy Phil Penny had TV. And I went over there and I would be eating TV dinners that Mrs. Penny fixed because she worked secular work, I guess. And I could have been enjoying some good home cooked meals from my mother, but I wanted to see. Roy Rogers and Dale Evans and Gene Autry and all the rest of them because this was television. We'd never had television. We didn't have one in our house. And then we got one. And then I got saved. I mean, you talk about being addicted to pictures. That's what it's called, the motion picture industry. Motion picture. And God says here, you go into the heathens in Canaan and wherever, and he said, you destroy all their pictures. See, they didn't have motion pictures back then. They just had pictures. Like you're going into uh, J.C. Penney's. J.C. Penney was a Christian. He wouldn't have had those pictures like that. But he's dead and gone. Sam Walton, who started Walmart, wouldn't have alcohol. And they were closed on Sunday. But Sam Walton is dead. And now they have alcohol in there. And they are open every Sunday. 24 hours a day. Almost every day of the week almost every day of the year. H-E-B grocery store. They're in competition with each other. And they have alcohol in there. Hermony Butts, H-E-B, he was a Christian. He closed his stores on Wednesday so they could go to church on Wednesday night. Do you think he was closed on Sunday? Of course he was closed on Sunday. No alcohol. Now he's dead. They have alcohol. Junky music. I had to complain about that in their new store the other day. And I mentioned to their manager that Hermony e. Butts was a Christian. He said, I didn't know that. 
No, and I think he was a Christian himself. And he said, thank you, preacher. He's been very nice to my wife. He said, get a bunch of them saved over there, something like that, she told me this morning, in your camp. Do you, do you see what we're in in this, in this society? Why should a person stocking the shelves of H-E-B have to listen to music that they don't like? They should complain to the high heavens and say, I want amazing grace, how sweet the sound, and the old rugged cross, or you get that music off, I'm going to the government about it, and don't try to fire me either over that issue. But all we do is like a bunch of weak nothing, and we put up with it until we're addicted to the junk ourselves. By the way, I'd like some of you others to go to H-E-B. If those magazines are still down there, I want them out of there. You go to everyone, and we'll just go, one, we'll take one week, and every one of us will call up about those magazines until they're out of there. I hope they already took them out. I asked them to please take those out. I said, that's terrible down there, fella. It's right on the level of little kids. And I said, it's not good for me, and it's sure not good for you either, sir. And he agreed with me. Amen. But picture. Pictures. Did you know pictures is what is destroyed? Is pictures of the wrong kind will be make make it so you don't want your wife. You want someone else's wife, or you want the you want to uh, sin with the picture. Hello. Pictures. Pictures. Motion pictures. That's what it is. Pictures. You can't go into any store of any size at all and not see all kinds of naked pictures. Unclad people. We get so busy in our business over here, we ought to have, we ought to have a full-time man in this church who does nothing but stands against all this trash and, and, and what do they call it, filibustering, or what's that other thing? Hmm? Lobbying, lobbying all the time up here at our city council. We need, we need to have a, a man and a woman both. And that's all they do is, is go against that picture down the street here. You know that picture down the street? Huh? That's, that thing ought to have been off of there a long time ago. But what we do is we, we go against it and then we back off again. That's a picture. That's, that's the kind of picture that will take our mind away from God's word and away from, from our, our lovely wife and our lovely relationship with our precious wife onto something that's carnal and fleshly and, and no good. But if we don't start speaking up, our grandkids and our kids aren't going to have a chance. It's just everywhere. And if, 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 it, if it can be changed, change it! Amen. Do they have bad billboards over there in Philippines? Terrible. Why do, we, why, do you, why, do, why do your churches allow that? Why do they allow that? You, are, you do have a government over there that's, that's uh, what do you call it? Hmm? Yes, well, we, we're not a Catholic country uh, totally. You know there's more Protestants than there are Catholics? Did you know that? This is a Protestant country, and we're just as bad as you are. What, nobody's speaking out. Say that's immoral. That's filthy. And our precious grandchildren, what are your grandchildren going to do, brother? What are my grandchildren going to do? Can it get any worse? And it gets worse, doesn't it? 
You say, it can't get any worse, and it gets worse. The music can't be any worse, and it gets worse. As I told you earlier, the music, I used, we used to say when I was a young boy and a young kid, that pretty soon they're going to have the jungle music, the, the music of Africa in America. It's already here. I'm not dead yet. It's already here. Pictures. Did you know they used to preach against the theater? Hmm? TV is destroying our people. Amen. TV is destroying our people. Is it? I see a couple heads nodding. I said TV is destroying our people. And we get the videos and even the Christian videos and a lot of good time is wasted on that. Because we see them over and over and over and over again. Come on now. Come on. They're okay and they're good and they're spiritual. But you can just waste a lot of time on something even that's good. And very few of those films, though they be Christian, and very Christian. I'm talking about very good Christian, not new evangelical films, very good Christian films. They have very little scripture in them. They have good scriptural principles there, but they have very little scripture in them. And what, what we're supposed to t spend all our time in the Bible, thinking, meditate therein day and night, day and night. Well, I'm against TV. By the way, you know what I did when I was just a, I was just newly married, and I told my wife before I married her, so she knew what she was getting into. I said, I said I can't control the TV set, and so I, I determined I'm not going to have that TV set in my home because anything I can't control, I'm going to destroy it if it's in my possession. And so here I am, and what did my brother-in-law give me for a wedding present? A small TV set. He was a store manager up there in Maryland. He never, nobody's ever given me a nice hi-fi set. And faith does come by hearing, not by seeing anyhow. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God has blessed, God has blessed, God has blessed radio in a marvelous way to the benefit of Christians. But I, I've yet to see what good it's done for in the regard to TV. And TV's been in long enough to do some good. Now all the charismaniacs are, are sure doing their business on that TV. And half of them are divorced and remarried and messed up and everything else. Wanting to speak in tongues and raise the dead and heal the sick and have their healing meetings right on the TV and all such, such stuff. Terrible! So here's what happened. I told my wife, this was from her brother. I just got married. You have to have a problem like that the very minute you get married. Oh, I'm sorry, I hit my, I'm going to put that back where it was before. Anyhow, I told my wife, if it comes between you and me, it goes. If it comes between you and the Lord, it goes. If it comes between me and the Lord, it goes. And it wasn't long, and it came between me and the Lord. I said, it's got to go. And at that time, the Bible says, you know, you should what? Utterly destroy. Yes, sir. 
You don't, you don't, you ladies don't take some pants and put them in your, in your closet. So in case you backslide, you'll, you'll not have thrown off or given away all your wardrobe in case you, uh, you know, you, you, you backslide. You've got your britches back there, your pants, uh, pants back there. No, you don't do that. And you don't take your TV and stick it into a, a, a basement or the attic or into some special room so no one else of the church knows that you've got your TV set. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of one fella, and he was against Christmas, but he had his Christmas tree down in the basement where no one would see his Christmas tree. Okay, huh? So here it came to pass that it came between me and the Lord. So I took my, it had a handle on it on top. It wasn't a real big one. And I went over across the street. I thought I was going to lose my wife over this. She wasn't saved yet. I thought she was. She thought she was. She'd been baptized in the Newport River, came down crying at the altar, but she, she wasn't really saved. And I married her, not saved. Thought she was. She thought she was. So, amen. She got, God saved her now. But this is given to her by her brother, her brother that she went up to Washington, D.C. one time with. But I had told her before I got married to her, and I'm over there in the woods over there across the street, and I take the thing and bam against the tree. I couldn't give it to someone else and plague them with it. And I didn't care about money. I just cared about holiness and purity. So it didn't even break the first time. Can you believe that? It didn't even break the first time. Boy, I swung it the second time and busted all into pieces. Wham! I utterly destroyed. I utterly destroyed. And you know what? I, it's still not in our home. Commercial television is still not in our home. I thought I was going to lose my wife over at that. I'm not kidding you, man. Whoo! She said, my brother, when my brother hears about that, whoo, my, I'm going to be mud in the family. Well, I wasn't delighting in, in destroying something that costed someone else some money, but he should have given me a hi-fi set or a nice radio. You don't know how many people since then have felt so sorry for my wife and myself. They've given us all kinds of TV sets. They feel so sorry. The family members, we're so pitiful, aren't we? Aren't we that we would, we would be, deprive our children of such filth? and questionable garbage and trash and fornication and adulterous and now even homosexual scenes. How bad can it get? Murdering people, killing people, strangling people. Unbelievable trash. And even the, you say, well, uh, yes, but what about the, uh, you're, you're even going to gripe and complain against the, what are the, the intermissions? Yes, they're all rock music in the background or they're sensuous sensuous things that we men shouldn't see. And here's the thing. There was a lady up in New York. and we, This was a long time ago. Back in the 70s, I believe. 80s. And back in the 80s, and we, I, I went there with Brother Barry Schaff, another pastor at the Tabernacle Baptist Church over there, and we were at the Emmanuel Baptist Church that time starting a work. We went over to a little uh, place there with my 
uh, my wife, all, all four of us, sat down in a little pizza place, and as we were talking, we were just discussing uh, the movies and TV and how bad it is, and he didn't have one, and I didn't have one, and I don't believe he still has one, and I, still, I, don't, and I know I don't have one. Amen? And you know what? The, the, the lady who was serving us, she said, she said, you're right, preachers, or you're right. I don't think she knew we were preachers. She said, you're right. She said, I went to interview for a TV, a TV uh, I don't know if it was a soap opera, something on TV, and I, I was interviewed for that, and, and the, the, the manager said, uh, he said, I want to I sin with you. And she said, well, no, I won't do that. He said, you won't get the part either. And she said, I didn't get the part. So is this what our TV, uh, these women and men on the TV, is this what they are? I don't think they are. I know they are. They're all hugging up someone else's husband. Amen? By the way, Mrs. Magnuson, her husband just died, and he was, he was going to help me start this, and he went and died on me. Start the, his Baptist church. He went and died and went to heaven on me. His wife, his wife, wife's brother was a gardener. Gardener, gardener, not gardener, gardener. And he was in movies way back when, and Montgomery Cliff propositioned him way back, men with men. That's what Hollywood's all about. That's what Hollywood's all about. But listen, I was, I was alive and kicking, and even to at least uh, the age of one of these two girls here, maybe even, I, I was probably Lane's age before TV came in. And we didn't have a lot of toys back then. It was exciting when I got a new bicycle at Christmas time. It was exciting when my dad bought a new car and we all went out and saw it on Christmas Day or something. But back then, you could think. You could meditate. Because you didn't have pictures in your home. You didn't have motion pictures in your home. I remember my grandfather went around, and he had money, and no one else had any money. And my grandfather had one of these, uh, somehow one of these uh, early, early, early on uh, motion picture cameras. And then they took it and, and, and shot it up on uh, the little thing, got it all. And, I mean, that was, that was big stuff. That was big, big stuff. This, this projector would show actual little films. You know, they started, and all they were was action and no words. Didn't know, I know how to put it together, some of these different things. Motion pictures. I think it's here to stay. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to get some of us. I said it's going to get some of us because it's already got some of us. I, I heard of uh, Sammy Allen. I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that Sammy Allen was watching all these oldies, not the, not the other things, but he was watching all these oldies, and he said, I, I can't even get the power of God on my life to pray. He's, i got to get rid of that stuff. Amen. See, we've got videotapes now. Hmm? We've got computers now. Well, when the computers first started coming out, some old-timers back in Greenville, South Carolina said this is going to be the death of a lot of people. 
the destruction of a lot of people, this Internet stuff. It sure, it sure proved true, hasn't it? Oswald J. Smith. Oswald J. Smith up there in Toronto, People's Church. He's, I went up to that church one time. You know what Oswald J., one of the men of Oswald J. Smith's church said? He, said? he said, we sell these things here, but when old Dr. Smith was here, we didn't sell anything in the church. And Oswald J. Smith got and preached a sermon that Pastor Magnuson preached later at a pastor's fellowship of what TV was going to do to us. And it's already done it. It has already done its work. Pastor Magnuson, back in the 80s, I think it was, he preached this and a couple of the pastors gave up their TV sets. The only question is, did they get them back afterward? You say, well, I can control it. Well, if even, even the advertisements in the, in the intermissions and the advertisements are so bad, you can't control that. Listen, you cannot control anything. And I saw one time I was in another lady's house in New York many years ago, and I'm telling you, they, they went with a camera, and a woman, her top portion was, was, was naked. It was in a flood time or something. How in the world that ever happened? Went right past that. I thought, what? This was the news. You know what news is? It's something new. That's what it is. News is something new. And so if they're, if they're doing something new, they don't have time to check it out to find out if it's, if it's right or not. They just want to get it out to the people before the other broadcasters and the other papers and the other media and the other TV get it and they'll show you things even on the news that's not right oh I've got to go a little step further on this Mrs. Magnuson's son Ron graduated from the university with TV and radio producing took that and he's on the TV stations and Ron was in one area. He said he was the only straight one on the whole broadcasting. He was the only straight one. All the others were perverts. And he had to leave that TV news, news broadcasting crowd. By the way, you know another thing with this news business? They got too many women in there too. Too many women in there. You know, I was thinking the other day, you know, we, we, we've gotten a little bit deceived in our thinking. Pastor Harvey, you know, I hope, I hope when I was just a baby Christian, I used to walk down, up and down the streets and I said, people just don't think. And what I meant, they don't think spiritually. Did you know what? It's not necessary that we shouldn't, we shouldn't, uh, surely it is we, we, we should only look at, look, at, look at a woman and in regard to, uh, wh where should you look? Her face. Not the rest of her. But you know, we need to even be careful about looking at their faces. Well, I'll just look at our wife's face. <laughs> Amen? Isn't that what our brother talked about? Praying! That God would what? Make a covenant with his eyes. And you try to pray that every day, don't you? Now, isn't that wise? It's wiser than some of a lot of us who don't 
say that prayer every day. Lord, I make a covenant today. My son Stephen, he told me a few things that he does every day about that same thing about women, flesh. He asks God every day, I've not done that. I guess I need to start, don't I? I don't think I'm too old to start. I do. I, I'll tell you this, though. I'll tell you this. When I get up and pray, and I was up at 4.30 this morning praying, and I prayed my hour, and I went on, and I didn't get straightened around until 6. I got some things on my mind, went in my study, and I was getting into some things in the Bible. But I'll tell you what. When you're really right with God, you, you usually spend a fair amount of time praying for yourself. You can't go out and straighten everyone else out if you're not straight yourself. You better spend some time praying for number one. Num public enemy number one. Amen? Me. You look in that mirror, your problem is that fellow you're looking at. And what does it say? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We don't even know our own heart. God knows our heart, but we don't know our own heart. Don't spend time with women and don't even spend time looking at their faces too much either. Amen? You might think she's prettier than your wife. Hello? Some of you women here don't understand all this. You better understand what a man's made of. You better understand as best you can. I'll tell you what, the prisons are full of men. And until a few years ago, it was almost all men in the prisons. It was almost all men in the prisons, almost no women in the prisons. Why? Because a man will look and lust and take. And the devil tell him everything in the world. Am I right, fellas? Come on now. Devil tell you every crazy thing and put it in your head. Lord, keep my mind clean. Fill my mind with scripture. I'll go a step further. We better go as far as we can go on the right track so we get back to the norm. I'm telling you, when, when Jacob, now he deceived and he got deceived himself. His name meant deceive until his name was changed to Israel, which means what, a prince for God? Something like that, Israel. But Jacob means deceiver. You know what, he deceived his father, you remember, and he, he put the things on his hands and his mother okayed it. And I don't know if he ever saw his mother again, did he? I don't even know if he ever saw his mother again. So you better not go deceiving your father. But I know one thing happened. He went and served, what, seven years for Laban. And his wife was brought to him, and in the morning, he realized it was his wife. Though there are freedoms in marriage, we still would do well to uh, guard our eyes. Hello? Hello? Are you with me or not? The Bible says eyes, and I know that doesn't have reference to your wife, but eyes full of adultery. Having eyes full of adultery. You know what we've done in America? We've as much as legalized adultery. We don't even put people in jail who commit adultery. That is legalized adultery. Is it not legalized adultery? Sure it is. Sure it is. They don't even try to find out who, who committed adultery on someone else. It doesn't matter to them. 
And now it's not going to matter if they are perverted. Boy, are we going downhill. Now they require you to rent to perverts. You know what? That was a good thing years ago. I don't know. Do you all have any boys' schools in the Philippines? Just all boys? Universities. Catholic universities. Catholics have more sense than we do. Doesn't it stand to reason? If we had boys' schools and girls' schools, did you know right here down, go down to Killeen, to the city hall in Killeen, and they have above there, it's still etched in their boys' entrance. On the other side of this little building, girls' entrance. The boys went in one entrance, the girls went in the other entrance. They used to have all boys' schools. I went to an all boys' high school. You could study. You didn't even have to worry about girls until after, after you got out of school because there was none there. Good idea. Say, well, how will you find your wife? They seem to find their wives fine, those fellows, without going to school with them every day. Well, getting back to our original, we, we're going to have to be against some things. If Jeremiah was called to be against all these things, and then Ezekiel against all these things, Daniel, Isaiah, the minor prophets. The word not, thou shalt not, the word not has so many in the Strong's Concordance, it's over in the back, appendix, because it has the word not so many times in it. And how do you teach your children how to love God? Well, you teach them how to obey and to hate evil. 